Lord Jesus, you are our shepherd, and we are your sheep, but like sheep we have all gone astray, and everyone turned to his or her own way. So Lord, we pray that you'd open your word to us and help us to hear your voice and recognize your voice and follow you. Lord, lead us this morning. We pray this in your name. Amen. When I was growing up, my grandfather raised sheep over in eastern Washington. And one day when I was about eight years old, my brother and I, being pre-adolescent boys, did what pre-adolescent boys will do. We began throwing rocks at the sheep to see what we could hit, just for fun. Now, for you animal lovers, before you get mad, I just want to say no sheep were hurt during this sermon illustration. It's okay. And I have since repented of it. It was a bad thing to do. If there are any kids out there, do not follow my example. It was wrong. But I noticed something interesting about the sheep. They didn't move. They didn't try to get out of the way. They would just let the rocks bounce right off of them, which my brother and I thought was so funny until my grandfather caught us. And then it wasn't funny anymore. So I learned something really important about sheep that day. They're stupid. (laughs) They won't even get out of the way when someone's throwing rocks at them. We're talking this month about the biblical names for God, and one of the most frequent is shepherd. You hear it in the 23rd Psalm. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The book of Hebrews calls Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep. But there's something that bothers me about that particular name for God. Because, you see, if he is my shepherd, then I am a sheep. And I'm not so sure I like that. Sheep are dirty. They don't smell good. They they aren't very smart. I mean, have you ever seen a trained sheep? Ever seen a sheep fetch, for instance? No. Go, Fido. No, you don't see it. They're defenseless. They're always in trouble. They're straying off cliffs, getting bit by snakes. So to be compared to a sheep kind of hurts my feelings, to tell you the truth. I mean, why couldn't the psalm say, the Lord is my falconer, so I could be an eagle? (laughs) Or why couldn't the psalm say, the Lord is my trainer, so I could at least be a dog? At least dogs know how to fetch, right? But if I examine myself, truth be told, I am a sheep. I lack wisdom. I get myself in trouble. And when it comes to sin... I don't even know enough to get out of its way. And what I need is a shepherd. And I think that is the hardest thing about being a Christian. We have to admit that we need God. And for highly educated, very competent, upper middle class, Bellevue, east side folk like us, that's a tough thing to do. We don't want to admit that we sin, that we hurt other people, that we hurt ourselves, that we hurt God, and we need God to forgive us. We don't want to admit that we're vulnerable to life and that we need God to protect us and provide for us. We don't want to admit that we actually don't know what's best for us and that we need God to lead us away from those things that will hurt us and toward those things that will help us grow. We don't want to admit that. But even just a cursory look at my life tells me that I need God for all of those things. I am a sheep and I need a shepherd. Because shepherds do a couple of things that I need. The first thing shepherds do is they like sheep. It's kind of simple, but shepherds like sheep, stinky and dumb though they are. 
That's why my grandfather raised them. He liked them. He never sold their wool. He never slaughtered them. He just liked the little critters. (laughs) Shepherds like sheep. God likes us. We forget that sometimes. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God likes you? Even with all your flaws? I mean, not just loves you because he's God and theologically he has to do that. But do you believe that God likes you? We need to remember that because sometimes we don't feel very likable. And we need to be reminded that our shepherd loves us no matter what we've done and that he likes us. He is glad you're here. He is glad to see you. He is glad to hear your voice. The second thing shepherds do for sheep is they protect them and they provide for them. You know, sheep are very vulnerable creatures. They're easy prey for lions and wolves and eight-year-old boys. And they need protecting. We need protecting. We are not in control of our lives in spite of all the ways we try to pretend we are. Disease, death, recessions, there are all kinds of problems that are beyond our control and we need God. And that's where the first line of this psalm is so important. The psalmist says... The Lord is my shepherd. Wow, that's some shepherd, right? That's kind of a my shepherd is bigger than your shepherd kind of a deal, right? The psalmist doesn't say Pee Wee Herman is my shepherd. He says the Lord is my shepherd. You know, the fate of any sheep depends on its shepherd. If it has a good shepherd, the sheep is in good shape. But if it has a bad shepherd, the sheep is in trouble. In the town my grandfather lived in, some people didn't take very good care of their sheep. Their sheep were scrawny and disease-ridden. But my grandfather's sheep, they were always fat and happy and had the good grass. I mean, they were like the California cows, right? Just happy to be there. The psalmist is saying, I've got this great shepherd. What do I have to worry about? I don't care about the problems we face. I don't care about recessions or health problems or financial problems or terrorists or whatever. The Lord, the Lord who created heaven and earth, the Lord who raised Jesus from the dead, the Lord who is coming back again on the clouds in power and glory, the Lord is my shepherd. What do I have to be afraid about? Which brings me to a third thing. That shepherds do. We're just clipping through these points. Isn't that, doesn't make you glad? (laughs) Third thing shepherds do that I need is they calm the sheep down. They calm the sheep down. The shepherd says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Doesn't that sound relaxing? Green pastures? But if you know anything about sheep, you know that they are actually not very calm animals. They are very jittery, nervous little creatures. Always afraid that they're going to get attacked. They're always being bitten by insects. So they actually don't lie down very much. They're kind of nervous folk. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a good description of me. Jittery. You know, I worry. I worry about finances. I worry about my kids. I worry about things here at church. Some of you worry about health or relationships or all kinds of things. Jittery. But the interesting thing about sheep is that no matter how tense they might be, as soon as they see the shepherd... They calm down. There could be a wolf five feet away, but if they see the shepherd, they're at peace. Get the point? If we focus on our shepherd God, 
we can have peace no matter what's going on around us. I remember learning this clearly in the first year of my ministry. We had taken a group of students camping in Yosemite, and we had caravanned up, but somehow along the way we'd lost two of the cars. So, And I was nervous. So as we were standing there at the rendezvous point waiting for them to show up, I got more and more jittery. And, and so my wife, trying to calm me down by mocking me, <laughs> came up to me and said, Oh, oh, they're lost and we're never going to find them and their parents are going to sue us and nobody's going to come to the ministry anymore because we're going to be the ministry that loses students and, and then the ministry will die and, and your career be, will be ruined and will be publicly humiliated. She goes, that's what you're thinking, isn't it? And I said, yeah, but it's not nice to point it out. And she says, Scott, don't you believe that God is in control here? Yes. In theory. She said, why don't you just pray and focus on God and see what happens? And so I did. And what do you know? It worked. I started looking at God and said, okay, God, you're in control here. I understand that. And I started to calm down and the students showed up. Isaiah says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Feeling jittery about something in your life? Focus on the shepherd and you will have peace, I promise. One of the most interesting lines in this psalm is when the psalmist says, in the presence of my enemies... You prepare a table before me. What a weird image. I get this picture of this battlefield and all these warriors all around and arrows and stuff going back and forth. And there's God with this picnic basket from Larry's Market. (laughs) Like some pate. And I'm like, Lord, enemies, don't you see, all around. And God says, I know. I know. Why don't you and I just spend some time together? And the enemies will take care of themselves. Notice, God doesn't always get rid of the enemies. He doesn't always get rid of the things that plague us and harass us. But what he does do is he offers intimacy with him in the midst of those things, and that gives us peace. I was talking with a guy a while back who broke off a long-term relationship, and it was terribly painful for him. But he said, you know what? I'm praying a lot, and God has never been more real to me. And so in the middle of this, I've got peace. A lot of enemies around him. But he's focused on the shepherd and that brings him peace. One of the ways I put this into practice practically is I've adopted this phrase. I would recommend it to you. Lord, this is your problem. What are you going to do about it? You know, things go wrong at church. I get worried about something or or things at home or whatever. Lord, this is your problem. Lord, you called me to this church. This is your church. Lord, this is your family. Lord, this is your money or whatever it might be for you. Lord, my health is your health. My life is your life. Lord, this is your problem. What are you going to do about that? Try it sometime. It has this amazing calming effect on me because it reminds me that I am not my own shepherd. God is my shepherd. And he knows how to lead me out of whatever I face. In the presence of our enemies, God will give us peace when we focus on him. Which brings me to a fourth thing that shepherds do. Shepherds lead their sheep in the right direction. The psalmist says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Or a better way to put it, he leads me on the right path. 
which is important because in a semi-arid country like Israel, there's not a lot of great grazing land, and only the shepherd knows where the good grass is. Also in Israel, a lot of the water is brackish or polluted, and again, without the shepherd, the sheep don't know where to go to drink the water. It's the same with us. We have spiritual hungers, we have spiritual thirst, but we can wander off the right path and end up drinking from the wrong pools. Unhealthy relationships, substance abuse, pornography, consumerism, overachievement, one-upping the Joneses, all kinds of things that ultimately end up hurting us. But God can lead us in the right path that brings wholeness and joy and life. That's one of the reasons we read the Bible. That's one of the reasons we come to worship, to hear God describe what the right path looks like. His commands that lead us to whole life, to joy-filled life. My first year in graduate school, I remember all I did was, was work. Didn't pay any attention to people, didn't pay any attention to God. I just worked 24-7. And by the end of the year, I was lonely and grouchy and miserable and no fun to be with. <clears throat> and some good friends came alongside me and said, you know what, God calls you to more than just being in the library all the time. And they reminded me of what God called me to. And so I, that, the following year, I, I got involved in a Bible study. I started going to church again, started praying again, volunteered some time in ministry. And what do you know? My life was more in balance. And I had a lot more joy. I was led in the right paths. When we turn to God, He leads us in the paths that bring wholeness and community and intimacy and joy. And last, finally, shepherds restore. Shepherds restore. The psalmist says he restores my soul. The thing about sheep is they are prone to wander off and get lost. And then they need to be found and restored to the flock. And it is the same with us. We wander off, do our own things, check out on God, say goodbye God. But instead of just throwing his hands up in the air and saying, oh, these stupid sheep. God pursues us and finds us and restores us to him. That's what the psalmist means when he says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It is an image of God pursuing us no matter where we go, no matter how far we run from him, no matter what dark, dirty, ugly places we end up in life, God will follow us there. It is interesting to me that the Bible describes God as a shepherd. Because you see, shepherds in this society were pretty much on the bottom of the social ladder. They worked with dirty, smelly animals. They often had to work on the Sabbath, which meant that they were unclean, and often they couldn't participate in the Jewish religion. They were at the bottom of the barrel. So for the Bible to describe God as a shepherd is to associate him with some pretty earthy folk. The psalm doesn't say, the Lord is my inspiration. The psalm doesn't say the Lord is my enlightenment or something refined and sophisticated like that. It says the Lord is my shepherd. And shepherd's work was dirty work. And what that means is that no matter how filthy you might feel right now, God is willing, wants to get down in the dirt of our lives, pursue us and love us and restore us to him. Not just in the nice, refined, gussied up, pretty, go to church kind of places in our life but in the ugly, broken, dirty, I am so ashamed of myself parts of life, even there, actually especially there, God will follow us. Some of you may have heard of Brennan Manning. He's a former priest who's a recovered alcoholic 
And at one point in his life, his alcoholism was so severe that he was literally living on the streets of Fort Lauderdale. And he was too embarrassed to tell anybody, his friends or his family. I mean, after all, he's a priest. This isn't supposed to happen. But one of his best friends would, on occasion, just wander through the streets of Fort Lauderdale at night, just looking for Brennan Manning. And when he found him, he would just sit down on the street corner with him and would hardly say anything except to occasionally say, Brennan, what are we going to do about this? This is, we're in this together. What are we going to do about this? And Brennan Manning said that was the clearest incarnation of God he'd ever seen. And in time, he began to turn around. The, 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 the friend was able to get him into rehab. And now Brennan Manning is the author of dozens of Christian books and a sought-after Christian speaker. He was shepherded. He was sought out. He was found. He was restored. When he focused on God, he found peace. And he was led in the right paths. And that's what God does for us. No matter how far we run or how ugly our lives get, God seeks us out, He finds us, and He says, what are we going to do about this? And then He protects us and leads us and restores us. That's what Jesus is all about. That God would leave His home in heaven, become one of us just to find us, and then to die for us, to forgive us for our sins. One other thing shepherds did. They provided the sacrifice for the Jewish temple for the priests to sacrifice the lamb in order to atone for the people's sins. So to say the Lord is our shepherd is to say that he's the one that provides the sacrifice for our sins, which is what he does in Jesus a thousand years after this psalm was written. How can you not trust a shepherd like that who is willing to lay down his life for the sheep? So the question for today is, who's your shepherd? You're a sheep. Sorry to give you that news. No choice about that. You're a sheep. The question is, who's your shepherd going to be? Is it your career? Is it your money? Is it success? Is it some addiction? Is it a relationship? Or is it the Lord? The good shepherd who provides for us, who gives us peace when we focus on him, who seeks us and finds us even in the places that we're ashamed and leads us to the places that bring wholeness and life and joy if we follow him. And that's the catch. doesn't do any good if you don't follow him. So this week I want to invite you to make God your shepherd, to follow him instead of all those other things because he offers so much more. You know, this is a familiar psalm. It's, it's probably too familiar. I think it often loses its impact. It is, it is one of the most beautiful pieces of scripture there is. So as we come to prayer, I would invite you just to close your eyes and listen again to the promises our God gives us. Will you pray with me? The Lord is my shepherd. What else could I want? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the right paths for his name's sake so that even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In the presence of my enemies, you prepare a table before me and you anoint my head with oil so that my cup overflows. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Lord, what great promises those are. Ask that you would help us to claim those promises by following you. Lord, this week help us to make you our shepherd and follow only you. And then, Lord, comfort us, calm us, strengthen us, and help us to stand in your grace, led and upheld by your hand. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.